Welcome to the All Nations Aurora podcast, where you will find family, discover purpose, and change the world. We're so glad you're here. And wherever you're listening from, we believe that God will speak directly to your life through this message. Just lift your hands to the Lord for a minute. Holy thou art God, we reverence you. And we thank you for your mind, your heart, your purpose, your will, your plan, your agenda, your spirit. We thank you for your intentionality toward us. This morning, we love you. Your people reverence you, and we thank you, O God, for what you intend to do in this place, even in these lives and stories. Now, Father, speak to us in a way that is undeniable. Speak to us in such a way where seasons changed, trajectories are shifted, paths are open, gates and bars open wide before us concerning the future. And we do promise today that we will give you the glory, for this is indeed your doing. And this is not the idea of a man or a concept. This is not a brand, but this is a plan of God. And we stand in the midst thereof and we say hallelujah for everything that you are and everything you're doing. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a shout of praise really quickly. Uh, Come on, let's give the Lord a shout of praise really quickly. All right, let's do it. Repeat after me. God is exalted. The devil is defeated. And we have the victory. Come on, do it again. God is exalted. The devil is defeated. And we've got the victory. Come on, reach real deep. Do it again. God is exalted. The devil is defeated. And we've got the victory. Come on, take 10 seconds and act crazy for a minute. Oh yes, I will bless the Lord at all times. This praise will continually be in my mouth. My soul will make her boast in the Lord. The humble will hear thereof and they will be glad. Come on, shout and break the roof off of this place for the goodness of the Lord. You may be seated in heavenly places. Grace to all of you. In the name of Jesus, who is the very Christ of God. It feels good in here. And uh, I could not be more encouraged. I could not be more excited. I could not be more passionate about what I've experienced in this last several minutes in this place, the work, uh, the planning, the team. But I'm going to tell you what I'm most proud about. I'm most proud about the tears because tears build things. And I know the cost of what it means to surrender your life and lay it down for the sake of another and for the sake of people. So I I am extremely proud of the crucifixion. Jesus said, take up your cross and follow me. And the McNeely's have done that. And because they've done that, families will be born and marriages will be healed and debts will be destroyed and curses will be broken. Can we celebrate the curse-breaking anointing? That's all. Oh, you're not loud enough yet. Y'all know I'm crazy. I said celebrate the curse breaking. Come on. I know. Come on. I know they're intelligent, but they're curse breakers. I understand that they're a beautiful couple, but they're curse breakers. Come on. Celebrate it now because they will step into somebody's life and reverse a nightmare. Come on. Celebrate the curse breaking. Amen. My wife sends you her love. 
and uh, she really wanted to be here, but she has turned into uh, a, a basketball mom 2.0, and uh, it's really stressful because my entire life is centered around my son's basketball schedule. So y'all pray for me. You can't tell him that he ain't been drafted yet, so he... <laughs> he walks around the house barely speaking to people. We were in the, the mall the other day, and there was a little kid that asked him for his autograph. And I turned around and looked, and I said, now, who are, my name is Matthew Stevenson. Why are they asking you? But uh, she's with my son today, making sure that he uh, extends and excels in his crafts. But she definitely sends her love. You can't tell her that Ty McNeely is not an angel from the Lord. She adores her so much. So I give the Lord praise for that. How many of you ready for a word from the Lord? Come on. I said, how many of you ready for a word from the Lord? Before I get started, can we please acknowledge this wonderful worship team and what they've done, these musicians and Levites? Praise God. This is All Nations Worship Assembly. Um, I was taken back when I was sitting in my seat to uh, the moment God told me to birth this thing. And uh, I was on Lewis Avenue in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And uh, the Lord told me to do this thing, and I said no first. <laughs> you know those stories where everybody says they say yes immediately? That was not me. Apostle Mary, I said, no, this is inconvenient. <laughs> this is not what I want to do. But when I said yes, a tear fell. I'll never forget it from my face. And uh, when I looked into the tear on the floor, I saw thousands of lives and souls and nations. And I said yes to the Lord, and I came back to Chicago. So you're not sitting in an auditorium. You're sitting in a teardrop of, of, of a, a, a courageous, brave yes to the Lord. So this means the world to me, all right? We're going to preach, and uh, we're going to do some stuff, and we'll see what the Lord does. Um, real quick, before I give you my text, I'd like you to do something that you probably have not done today or probably have not done in this particular service, but I'd like you to look at your neighbor and give them a compliment. Talk about their hair, their nails, or something. This is, come on, do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. Obey me, this is very important. Tell them you like their suit. Give them a compliment. Ask them what cologne that is or something. Come on, keep going. I'm going to tell you why I'm doing this. Keep going. Tell them you like their hair or compliment them. It's powerful. Now, the reason I'm telling you to do that is because the person sitting next to you is now officially your prayer partner. I said the person sitting next to you is now officially your prayer partner. So where we're about to go in the realm of the spirit is going to require your partnership with the person next to you. Come on, look at him and say, neighbor, I'm going up and I'm taking you with me. Come on, tell him, neighbor, I'm shifting and I'm taking you with me. James, the fifth chapter. James, chapter five. I love your word. James chapter 5, and I'm going to start at verse 13, and we're going to preach through it. I'd like to acknowledge Apostle Mary Alice Islip as well. She is a general in the body of Christ. Come on, she's a general in the body of Christ. Uh, I followed her as a boy and then through college under the ministry of Roberts Lyardin, and I studied her books, and then we brought her for a season to all nations to help us in our prayer life so we have a living legend in the midst of us. We honor you, woman of God. 
James 5 13 is any among you in trouble let them pray is anyone happy let them sing songs of praise is anybody among you sick let them call for the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord and the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well the Lord will raise them up <laughs> if they have sinned they will be forgiven therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed and the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective Elijah was a human being KJV says he was a man even as we are will you just put your hand on your chest and say me too me too he prayed earnestly that it would not rain and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years but again he prayed will you tell somebody do it again and the heavens gave rain and the earth produced its crops my brothers and sisters, if one of you should wander from the truth and someone should bring that person back, remember this, whoever turns a sinner from the error of their way will save them from death and cover a multitude of sin. My key thought is in verse 17, Elijah was a human being, even as we are. But he prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Lord, you're a much better preacher than I am. Help me to preach this in Jesus' name. Amen. Will you just for the sake of note taking and, and commemorating this moment of sermonizing, just, just open your mouth and just say pray again, pray again. It's a, it's a simple statement, it's a simple decree, but it's something that I feel like is the heart of God for this place because we're dealing with a national crisis of silence right now. There are voices that have volume that they shouldn't and there are voices that need more volume than they have. And our culture is being crafted right now around a spirit of terror. Talk back to me, around a spirit of trepidation. I don't know about you, but if you watch the news and if you look at the way that society is going, the uncertainty in America is enough for people to literally lose their sanity. You won't be honest, but I believe that there's about 50 of you in the room that got a private story and a private testimony about what it took to maintain your mind. Mind. I don't know if uh, you want to talk to me for real, but uh, you know, there are those of you that were worried about groceries and those of you that were worried about mortgages, but there's a couple of us that had to fight for sanity the gift of sanity come on let's go all the way there and so we have a schematic and we have a tapestry right now in America where there are questions that have no answers and there are problems that have no solutions and there are issues that are going on and people are conversing about them from a, a philosophical standpoint and uh, it seems as if the church has reached a place I know that they won't say it but I will but a place of stagnation where there 
there is a middle ground thing going on where it almost seems like we're not necessarily going back but we're not necessarily going forward but I submit to you I found the solution uh, the issue is not going to be in the bookstore it's going to be in the prayer meeting the solution is not going to be on the banquet it's going to be found in the prayer meeting it's not just going to be in the student ministry it's going to be in the seekers opportunity and those that will cry and wail and lament will you lift your hands and say i'll pray again the book of James is a very unique book because the book of James is written by the maturing apostle, the authenticating apostle. And his letter was written to make sure that the authenticity of what remained in Christianity was intact. When you read the book of James, you're not reading it from the lens of somebody that is only interested in milk. Come on now. And now I want to talk to you about this because this is going to determine how you hear me. There are those in the world and there are those in the Christian in the kingdom that have settled for a milk-like appetite and milk is necessary it's expensive than a mug now where you go i mean jesus i want to make an omelet and can't do it because i got the budget for those eggs come on uh, but but milk is something that is necessary it's needful milk is okay milk ain't bad but you cannot get the victory off of milk alone and i believe that this is something that we've got to consider because in every church you're going to have two types of people you're going to have those that want the milk and you're going to have those that need the meat and there are entire churches that are milk based come on talk to me and what they do is they teach you how to survive and they teach you how to take steps and they teach you how to make up your mind but that's not what life is about alone after I've survived I've got to learn how to struggle <laughs> And the milk teaching don't teach me exactly what to do when I'm in a struggle. It's got to be the meat that teaches me how to handle the obstacles. Because milk can't get me through adversity. And milk can't get me through attack. Talk back to me. Milk can't get me through betrayal. Milk can't get me through backlash. Milk can't get me through abandonment. So now we have a whole book that's dedicated to the migration if you will of the milk from the meat a maturing person a person that's not where they need to be that they want to mature a person that may have gotten saved one way they may have gotten saved because of fear of hell and then they got into salvation and realized that trick-or-treating wasn't enough to get them into the image and into the likeness of God fear of hell or fear of the rapture is not enough to secure you in these days you got to be willing to be stretched out into the image and into the likeness of the son of God you've got to be willing to be made like Jesus and made and know him watch me in the power of his crucifixion and in the power of his resurrection will you slap somebody and say I've got to be like him I've got to be like him well bless his high name and in order to be like him I can't live on milk alone I can't get the victory off of Similac. Glory. I can't raise my children off of Similac. I can't be a good brother off of Similac. Similac is for sin. My 
God. Similac teaches me how to stop doing what I was doing in my flesh. Similac teaches me how to cultivate an appetite that leads me unto righteousness. But when I want to mature and when I want to grow and when I want to grab a hold of my purpose and when I want to make use of my pain and when I want to interpret my peril and the thing that stands before me, I've got to have some good meat. I can't tell you how proud I was to hear Pastor Ty say that this is not a hungry people, but I submit to you, you better protect that hunger. You've got to go into the deep meat of the word of God if you're going to navigate through these times. Do you understand what COVID did to us? It confronted our lack of foundation and it helped us to see that maybe we were not as rooted as we thought we were. Maybe we were not as grounded as we thought we were. But there is a remnant being raised up in America that's going to grab a hold of this meat and they're going to grow up. They're not going to be competing with one another. Honey, they're going to grow up. They're not going to want to be the fastest growing anything, but they're going to want to be raised in the image of the Son of God. Ask me why. To as many as believed on him, to them gave he the power to become the sons. So this is a maturing book. This is a book for those that want to go somewhere they've not been. This is a book for those that want to study and educate themselves about the various seasons of life and the various times of life. But there is a theme between verses 13 and 18 that we see that is consistent. And before I give you the main character of what I'm talking to you about, I'd like to highlight the very first verse that I gave you. Please indulge me. The Bible said in James 5, 13, is anybody in trouble? Now, I know that that's a very simple thing for you to read but I want you to understand that what the maturing apostle is saying is that the person next to you may be smiling they may have on beautiful shoes their hat may be gorgeous hair may be laid they may be growing natural or they may have a 20 piece on they may be holding hands with their spouse and they may be chewing gum and it looks like everything is okay but the original meaning of this text is that everybody is not going through what they look like and everybody is not looking like what they're going through you may be sitting next to somebody that just smiled and they are suffering you may have hugged them walking into the door and they're grieving wanting to die because all pain is not obvious talk to me all torment is not visible all stress and all strain can be easily identified so what James says is that if there is anybody among you in trouble and what I love about this Sharice is that he poses it in question form. I believe the local church should be a place where necessary questions are asked. I wouldn't go to a church if nobody asked me a question. And I'm not just talking about, hey, how you doing, how you feel. I'm talking about those that will ask questions that investigate the power of the soul, the dealings of the soul, the seasons of the soul, the condition of the mind. He said, is there anybody in trouble? Let's talk about the word trouble because we all have trouble Christianity is about trouble life is about trouble and if you are afraid of trouble you may as well give up right now because you're going to have trouble when you do good 
You're going to have trouble when you do bad. You're going to have trouble if you disobey. You're going to have trouble when you obey. But I believe that there are those in here that's decided. I've been through too much to not triumph over my trouble. Trouble's going to come and I'm going to rule in trouble. Are you in trouble? Come on, let's go. I believe revival would break out if more churches would allow a space in their midst where we could ask the person next to you hey baby are you in trouble I believe that trouble feels like a trap to people it's not just going through something it's feeling stuck in something but aren't you glad today that you serve a God that has promised to deliver you from your trouble Oh, you won't help me. I would not serve a God that couldn't get me out of trouble. And just because my trouble don't look like your trouble, don't mean that it ain't trouble nonetheless. But my Bible says if anybody's in trouble, watch me. I'm trying not to go there. If you're in trouble, let them pray. James gave us the answer to what to do in trouble. Many of us go in trouble and we complain. Many of us go in trouble and we run. Many of us go in trouble and we get depressed. Can't even open up the shower curtains. Can't even get out to bed and answer the phone. But the antidote, hallelujah, the solution to trouble is you've got to learn to pray. And you've got to learn to pray your way out of certain levels of pain. There's a type of pain that you'll never get out of if you don't learn how to pray. And I'm talking about levels of prayer, cycles of prayer seasons of prayer throw them hands up and say I'll do it again forgive me I got a little carried away there is there anybody in trouble that's a very important verse to me because I remember being in churches preaching and dancing and shouting next to somebody that was about to commit suicide I remember being in church sitting in pulpits with preachers with flasks in their suit jacket because they couldn't manage surviving the stress of church people and they needed to medicate themselves. The person next to you might be in trouble, but thanks be unto God that he's given us a way out of the trap. Will you just help me preach real quick and touch three people and say, there's a way out. There's a way out. Come on. I want you to obey me in this house and tell them that, hey, 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 hey. Tell them there is a way. I feel victory coming in here. Will you tell somebody else there is a way out? There is a way out. Come on. Touch your neighbor. Say, there is a way out. Shut your mouth, devil. I'm not going to die here. Shut your mouth, devil. I will not leave my instructions here. Shut your mouth, devil. There is a way. Throw your hands up and scream the word out. I'm working in here. There's anybody in trouble, let them pray. Hallelujah. 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 If there's anybody in trouble, teach them how to pray counsel them but then teach them how to pray hold their hands but then teach them how to pray take them to chipotle but teach them how to pray because my advice is only as strong as your prayer life i can give you all the instructions in the world but if i don't teach you how to ask my god if i don't teach you how to seek hallelujah if i don't teach you how to knock my instructions will die but if i tell you how to pray you got to pray through what i just taught you and that's going to be your way out.
Baby girl almost made me run through here. And I was trying my best to be nice because I know that y'all are nice church. But she said, my father taught us to keep looking. Honey, that was all the church I needed. I could have went home right there because I'm not going to stop looking. I wish I had somebody in here that remained in place. Then the apostle gives us more instructions. Is anybody happy? If anybody's happy, let them sing songs of praise. And let the melody come out of your heart. Now what this actually means in the original translation is sing songs from your life. Oh God. The psalmist that wrote in the book of Psalms did not just write from view and opinion and idea. They sang a song from their life. Oh God, in you there is a melody now. A song that I can't sing for you. A sound that I can't make for you. You know why? I don't know what you went through. I was not there when things were appearing to you, making you feel like you were losing your mind. I was not there when you were having heart power palpitations and the devil told you to just go ahead and prepare yourself to die but when you come in corporate worship it's important to follow these lyrics but your life has a lyric as well you got to learn how to sing the song of your life thank you for delivering me from the hand of the lion thank you for sparing me from the power of the bear thank you for causing my enemies to be embarrassed thank you for raising me up and lifting a standard over me is there anybody in here with a life song I understand that they're mad at the Grammys but I ain't got no opinion because I just want the glory and I'm busy singing what's going on in my life you want to know what my life song is the Lord is good and his mercy endureth forever I ain't got time to fight with you I'm focused on his goodness shout hallelujah Slap your neighbor say, I got a life song. Is there anybody happy? Let him sing songs of praise. And then he covers another demographic. Come on, now this could be messy. I told you that the person next to you is your prayer partner. So we're about to shift into something in just a few minutes. Is anybody sick? Is anybody sick? We don't preach that no more. The Apostle James said, when you go to church, ask somebody, are you sick? Diverse kinds of illnesses and disease. I'm not just talking about that that manifests in the natural self. I'm talking about sin sickness, emotional sickness, relational sickness, psychological sickness. For some of you, it's financial sickness. Go figure. There are those that have sat in church all their lives and nobody asks, are you sick? Oh God, but there is a specific instruction in here. And the instruction is, if there's anybody sick among you, you got to call for the heroes in the church. 
You got to call for those that have been submitted to the oil of the house because submission is one of the ways that God breaks the power of sickness. It's interesting that James didn't say, Look to your neighbor. He said, Call for the elders of the church. I want you to call for the pillars because they know how to pray. Call for the pillars because they submitted to the vision. Call for the pillars because they did not abandon ship and because they have that stability and because they have that consistency and because they have that stamina and because they have that zeal call for the elders because the elder is not just a title the elder is not just a certificate the elder is a position in the realm of the spirit that says because of what I went through and because of my testimony and because of my training I got authority over sickle cell I got authority over cancer I got authority over high blood pressure I got authority over sickness in the and disease now we can lose this service real quick and I'm trying my best to behave but when you slap somebody hard and just say be healed will you just oh come on let that declaration go out in the spirit I said slap them and say be healed be whoa whoa be healed be healed be healed I'm arrested I be healed in the name of Jesus, you will be healed. I just, I feel that coming on me real quick. Will you slap them again and say, be healed, be healed, be healed. <laughs> Let me move on. Be healed. Father, put that declaration in the church again. Lord, birth that proclamation in the prayer house again. Be healed in Jesus' name call for the elders of the church and the prayer of faith will make the sick person well because the Lord will raise them up. The latter part of verse 16 says the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and it is effective. I see something very intriguing and I'm, I'm going to close this because you know, I want to be time sensitive. Because y'all know how I'll preach all week if you let me. Elijah was a human being. Let's talk for a minute. You, you, you have a sociological self, an anthropological self, a psychological self. The real word is socio-emotional self. It is the composite of who you are and how you see life and how you interface with others. Say yes. You're not just a man and you're not just a woman. You are a human being. God, I love your word. And James, it would be him that highlights the humanity of a man like Elijah. Because we're fascinated by the fire and we don't see the flaw. <laughs> We're amazed at his authority, but we ignore his agony. He was a man. I want a pastor that's going to teach me how to be human. Because the anointing, Chrissy, can be misleading working here. And when the anointing comes on you, you're able to do things and achieve things. And, and, and you feel like you're superhuman. But then when the anointing lifts, and you got to go back to your house. And when the anointing lifts, and you got to go back to your marriage and when the anointing lifts and your problem ain't went nowhere because what I thought with my dumb self 
myself was that power in church was power in life. I thought that because I was powerful in here that I was going to be able to figure out everything that came before me. But me like Elijah, I had to learn, look at somebody say the hard way that I was a human. I was a human. Elijah was a man. God help me. Elijah was a man. He cried real tears. Say he was a man. He had real fear. Say he was a man. He had real disappointment. Say he was a man. He, he walked up to a witch and judged her. We're going to walk through that in a minute. But in the next day, he's under a tree saying, it's enough. I want to die. His emotions experienced such a powerful collapse that he forgot everything God did through him. Have you ever had a moment in your soul? soul let's be real a deep dark place in your soul come on open up have you ever had something going on in your soul so powerful so profound so complicated that the english language did not allow you the room and the space to articulate it was a deep pain a deep agony and nobody would understand he was a man and your problem is your prayer life might be capped right now because you want to be superhuman you don't know how to take off your cape and be a man my most powerful prayers came when I dropped my title dropped my position dropped my achievement dropped my accomplishments dropped every degree I've got come on let's go to church because the most powerful prayer comes from those that realize they are a person I am subjected to flaw but I'm going to pray I'm subjected to error but I'm going to pray I may not be consistent but one thing I'm going to do and two things are for sure I'm going to open up my mouth and I will pray shut your mouth devil I don't care how bad this hurts I'm going to pray I don't care how confusing it is I'm going to pray I don't care how much medicine I need I'm going to throw your hands up and say I'll pray again he was a man and something about the book of James wanted us to know that Elijah had a humanity that he was a man he feared things he, he wanted things he desired things he had urges, glory. He had temptations. He had conflicts in the belly. But what he did with all of that in personal soul stewardship as he prayed, that became the platform by which his humanity could be dealt with. Let me tell you something. If you don't learn how to pray, your humanity will actually kill you. The fact that you are a human being will kill you. You fool around and get trapped in your logic, trapped in your mind, trapped in your opinion trapped in your pain trapped in your trauma there is a way out of the trap of life and it's called prayer Elijah was a man but he learned how to pray I know that that's small to you but it highlights something very significant now the apostle James is referencing a story in 1 Kings 18 you don't have to go there because smoke is coming in the room now. And uh, it's talking about how Elijah actually asked for the heavens to be closed. He prayed for three years, closed them. Hmm. What a word of faith. Closed them. 
I don't know about you, but I don't want no closed heaven. Have you ever thought about why Elijah prayed that the heavens would stay shut? I'm talking to you, Aurora. What is the purpose of a closed heaven? Is it that God is punishing his people? Is it that God is being stingy? Or is a closed heaven a judgment against wickedness and high power? You see, Elijah prayed that God would make a statement to whatever was in authority. And I prophesy to you, if I be God's man, this man is going into authority. This church, I know you don't believe me now, but I'm telling you right now, there is an Elijah assignment on this church. A confrontational call. Not to be mean and rude and brash, but there is something that's going to fall on him, that's going to come through Aurora, that's going to say, how long will you halt between two opinions if God be God? He prayed, and the Bible says he prayed earnestly. He prayed, Brandon, leave me alone. He prayed earnestly. And something happened. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, something happened with this particular type of prayer apostle. He prayed when it was right. Hallelujah. When the time was right. It just so happened that it was the mood of God, the emotion of God to open what was closed before. Will you just encourage your neighbors to say what was closed? Oh no, you're not. Come on, you sound Methodist. Look at them and say what was closed is about to be open. I want you to make a declaration. Point your finger in their face. 2023, in the name of Jesus, what was closed ho, 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 is about to be open. I decree it over you in the name of Jesus. What was closed is opening. What was closed is opening. I declare by the spirit of Elohim that there is a divine opening happening in the spirit over your life. You will see generational openings. Yeah. Decades of openings. It's opening for your last name. It's opening opening for your diligence is opening for every seed you sow every tear you cry I declare it open shout hallelujah hey shout hallelujah glory I declare divine opening over you what the glory what the apostle James is referring to is what I call a cycle of prayer because Elder Jamie, there will be situations that you face where you can't just pray about it once. Glory, and it's not because God did not hear you the first time. Prayer comes in cycles sometimes. It's called a prayer project. I don't have a lot of things to give you today, but one of the things I do walk in is the spirit of prayer. And what I'm going to release in this place is the power of the prayer meeting. And because there's going to be situations that happen in Aurora that's going to need more than breakfast and brunch. It's going to be family prayer. I saw families coming together at the altar to pray. I saw husbands coming together to pray. I saw youth 
prayer meetings here I saw gatherings outside and you know Apostle Talent the Lord told me the mayor one of these mayors is going to give you some land I saw it in the spirit I don't know if it's this one or if it's the next one but I saw acres I decree it now it's a judgment already it's a judgment an edict arriving in the spirit they're going to give you some land and you will build 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 shout hallelujah so Elijah prayed and he bowed down in his humanity he bowed down in his confusion he bowed down in his uncertainty in everything that made him a man he bowed down and he began to pray while he prayed his servant was there this is what the apostle James is writing because there will be a season where somebody will become a student of your intercession mm -hmm. you don't know who's watching you pray through this next level <laughs> you don't know who's observing your supplication through this trial you don't know what God is doing in them. There is an angle that God is trying to show them through how you pray through. God said there were seven times a cycle of completion. And when it didn't happen the first time, he sent his servant and said, go look again. And if you look again, I'll pray again. <laughs> go look again. Go look again. Go look again. Go look again. That's what the baby told us. Go look again. Go look again. It's not there yet, but go look again. And when it finally happened, it did not look like what they thought. Sometimes in prayer, you got to be willing to be caught off guard. It may not show up as a complete answer, but it will show up like a symptom. It'll show up in a cloud form, a man's hand. It will be small. Will you encourage your prayer partner and say, don't despise the small. Tell them that. Or you know, your neighbor needs to hear that because they celebrate the big. They shout over the large, but they get aggravated over the small. And I'm telling you right now, God has done something in your life this January that you're not celebrating the way you should because it don't look real big. I'm here to tell you as God's prophet, he's doing doing it with a small thing he's answering it through a small thing the heavens will open through a small thing and suddenly there was the sound of the abundance of rain will you look at your neighbor again and say my seek has a sound come on obey me we're about to pray tell him my seek has a sound you must be prepared to hear it before you see it there will be things that you pray about that you don't see but you'll hear it first and you'll hear it first because prayer has given your ear a divine frequency to things that are not visible oh yeah faith why do I feel this is the substance of things hoped for it is the evidence 
glory. Come on, let's go, y'all. It is the evidence. I'm trying to hold it in. It is the evidence. I'm trying to, it is the evidence of things that are not seen. Is there anybody in here that still has the courage to go after what you don't see? The bravery to pursue what's not visible. The power, the consciousness, the consistency to grab a hold of what's invisible. Shout hallelujah. It is important in summation to pray again. What that suggests is that the Apostle James is really teaching us about discouragement. He's teaching us about the quit. He's teaching us about the temptation because we believe that all temptation is legs and cleavage and arms and biceps, but no... One of the most dangerous temptations is to stop doing what God told you to do. You won't talk back to me. Maybe it's not Delilah, but it's offense. Maybe it's not Jezebel. It could be rebellion. Maybe it's not Bathsheba, but it's pride. God is coming to quit the quit in you, to judge the give up in you, to snatch the roots out of you that always stops when it gets hot. I'm here to tell you, you cannot be an intercessor if you always quit. You cannot be a prayer warrior if you're always looking for a vacation out of your assignment and a way out of your burden. Lift your hands and say, I'll do it again. Now, yeah, what this means is that you probably did it before. Elijah did it before. What do you do? when it does not work the first time how do you respond when the outcome is not what you intended how do you behave when it looks like the answer was mutated and you wasted your tears and you wasted your prayer you went on a fast and it looked like the answer did not come my answer is simple it's not revelatory don't stop praying. It's a simple word, but I believe that this is God's message to your heart. You've got to pray. We've just gone through a monstrous era in the body of Christ. And what God is trying to do in apostles and in prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers, unless you opened the heavens yesterday and had fire fall out up the street, you ain't Elijah. And even Elijah had to weaken himself and pray abase himself and pray men are always pray and they need to always pray not because men are men but because God is God and a part of what prayer suggests is that I don't know how to do this I don't know how to be come on let's talk I don't know how to be this I know I'm called to it but there are things that you are called to do that you don't know how to do and if you don't learn how to bow your knee you'll never be the businessman you're supposed to be you'll never be the politician you're supposed to be you'll never be the husband you're supposed to be you'll never be the father the mother the pastor the ceo you won't be it if you don't pray it you got to pray
Look at somebody and say, do it again. If at first you don't succeed, the devil wants to strangle your prayer life because that's where your vision is. That's where your clarity is. Your instructions are in intercession. Your rhythm is in intercession. Your next steps are in intercession. Lift your hands and say, I will do it again. I'll do it again. That's my apostolic admonishment. When you go to prayer, don't leave your humanity behind. You don't have to speak KJV when you seek him. You can speak anger, rage, hurt, unforgiveness. You can speak sadness there. You can speak worry there. Take everything wrong with you into prayer. Take everything right with you into prayer. And if you do it enough, the heavens, the heavens, the heavens will open. If you are a female that I've either ordained into ministry or that served at All Nations headquarters, come to this altar. Hurry up. If I've ordained you or appointed you before. And I, I want you to gather around Pastor Ty right now. Every one of you. Come on, obey. I want you to. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. If you can, touch the, whoever's closest to you. Get as close and as tight as you can. Miss Patol Darotikish Parutalamai Aborom Delenia. Asi kepe pondri nul birudu kora bara dele de el adore dai. Eye rendi nis arupi fe. Eye no pedre gompama asabro. Ede gis tiri dili biata la barodea. In the name of Jesus, Father, assemble the army. Assemble the army. The intercessors, the wailers, those that will weep on the behalf of this woman of God. Devil, you will not kill her. You will not crush her. You will not pull her out of ministry. Now as intercessors, we gather around her and we bind the spirit of heaviness. We curse the spirit of heaviness. You spirit of terror. You spirit of torment. You spirit of insomnia. Yeah! You will not take her out in the name of Jesus. We speak to her womb, even in the spirit, that there will be more births. Oh, yeah, more concepts, more creativity. You spirit that wants to counsel her to quit, to stop, to not do. We judge you, we break you, we command your jaws to be locked, and we say, Refire, revive, renew. 
restore, reset in the name of Jesus. This is your warrior. This is your watchman. This is your gatekeeper. And in the name of Jesus, we summon right now the army of intercessors assigned to this woman and the word in her mouth. Let it be written now. Let it be recorded now. Even in the realm of the spirit, that new angels have been delegated. Yes. Yeah. New angels have been delegated of supplication, of assent. In the strong name of Jesus, let this woman, let her life be covered like the kabod. Make her a walking, moving ark of the covenant. And where she goes, let power follow, prosperity follow, healing follow, favor follow. In the name of Jesus. And right now, as an army of intercessors, we declare that your season of grief has come to an end. We declare that you will no longer live in agony and live in pain over your life. For weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh, joy cometh, joy cometh, joy cometh. So be it. I want everybody that agrees with that in faith, lift up a shout of faith. Oh, I don't hear you. Lift up a shout. Lift up a shout. I said joy coming. Joy coming. Joy coming. Joy coming. Joy coming. Glory to God. Uh, Everyone, grab grab about three people really quickly. I'm done. If you can't stand, please do so. Uh, I want you to get in circles of three. Uh, And I want you to grab their hand on purpose. Whoa. I'll do it again. Come on, let's go. Let's go. Something's being born. This needs to happen in every church in America. Time in prayer. Dedicating it on the Sunday morning. Now listen. I want everyone in this circle, briefly, briefly, share something that you're believing God for. Come on, go ahead. Do it now. Everyone share something that you're believing God for. Come on, share it. Don't be afraid. Uh. Uh. Share something you're contending for. Uh. I feel the spirit of faith rising in this building. All right, now, once they're done, as hard as you can, let's go up before the throne of grace for our brother. Come on, lift your voice and pray. Father, 
in the name of your son Jesus who is the Lamb of God I present myself before you through the power of the torn veil through the authority of the veil that was rent and I don't come in my own strength or in my own power but I come in the authority of the name of Jesus Christ my kinsman redeemer and I lift up my brother before you I lift my sister before you my God you know them come on pray you see them you've searched them you formed them you fashioned them and right now they have a need before you oh yes they have something they believe in you for even in faith this thing has caused them to be restless to be discouraged to be hopeless but right now as I grab the hand of my brother the hand of my sister your word declares that this is the confidence that we have that when we pray you hear us oh yes you are the listening God you are the listening God and you're listening to our agony you're listening to our pain listening to our supplication my God you hear our request and as I hold the hand of my sister the hand of my brother will you open your will your heart your thought your provision your power your supply in the direction of my brother in the name of Jesus as I grab my brother's hand I call you Jehovah Jireh I call you Jehovah Rophi I call you Jehovah Sikhanu I call you El Roy El Shaddai I call you Jehovah Gabor I call you the God of War and I say that you're doing something in the life of my brother do something in my sister's career open up that job give him that idea raise my brother in favor platform their testimony let their story be seen in the name of Jesus as I grab my brother's hand I declare that the heavens the heavens the heavens the heavens are open over my brother hey the heavens are open over my sister the heavens are open over their family the heavens are open over their idea the heavens are open over their marriage so be it so be it so be it for thine is the kingdom and the power If you believe that that's done in faith, let that hand go and shabbat the Lord as hard as you can. Thank you for joining us today. For more ways to stay connected, visit us at allnationsaurora.com. Be sure to subscribe and share this podcast with your family and friends. Thanks for listening. Now go out and change the world.